Well, how was your week? Did you have a good um, week? It was okay. I still feel sick. I don't know if I still sound sick. I sound sick to a myself. A little bit. Yeah. I'm better. Um, I'm just still coughing a whole bunch. I haven't have had a fever in a week, so that's good. So I'm allowed to go outside and I'm allowed to go shopping for food and like get my life back together. Um, but yeah, I still feel just like sort of sick and like really sluggish. Like we did go to yeah. Costco yesterday and I just didn't like lie down. I was like, this is too much. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Costco on its own is, is a full day <laughs> extravaganza. Let alone feeling like under the weather. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just, like, a little surprised at how long the head cold has lasted for. Because um, it'll be, like, two weeks on Tuesday. Like, it's a long time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, but mostly I'm feeling good. I did a couple of, like, at-home workouts. Like, I was testing, like, how nice. how far can I push it? Um, but they were 20 minutes, and I was completely out of breath afterwards. I was like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> um. Yeah, and then just, like, I don't know. I focus a lot on getting, like, caught up at work. So I had a couple, like, pretty good days and saw a ton of patients. I was so shocked. Like, they're just piling in, like, screw, like, worrying about preparing enough and, like, being, like, ready to go. I was just like, okay, I can see someone. Like, on my Friday clinic, for example, like, I see whoever, like, wants to see me. And I usually prepare to see, like, three people. But this week, like, two other people wanted to see me. And I was like, oh, my God. So it was, like, five people. I was working till like, six. Just, like, seeing people just, like, coming in. And I was at home because I was still in quarantine. And they were just, like, showing up on my, like, Zoom calendar. I'm like, okay, hi, yes, I could see you. And I could see you. And I could see you. And oh, my I, goodness. I didn't prepare. It was a little stressful. But hopefully yeah. I was helpful. Oh, gosh. Mm. Yeah, that does sound so st- stressful. Um, did you do anything fun and relaxing? Because I know you don't, you don't do that very instinctually. It takes you a lot to, <laughs> to rest. It does. Um, I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say no. I did not. I um, <laughs> I guess so. Last night we watched the Power of the Dog, which I guess is the only Ooh. like downtime we had. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have. I actually got to see a screening of it and uh, get to do a Q&A with uh, um, no way. Kirsten. Yeah. Uh, what is that her was name? What you Kirsten, saw. Uh, that was what you saw. Dunst? Yeah. Kirsten Dunst. That's, yeah. That's crazy. So how, did you love it or were you like, oh, interesting? I want to hear, hear your thoughts because I have <laughs> thoughts, but what are your thoughts? Okay. So my honest thoughts are... Um, mixed I'm really excited about like the story and the background and like the book it was based on and I really like the idea of like this kid who had autism who planned out like this whole thing like right from the start and I like how emotional it was like but I think when I watched it I was just like everything is so subtle Like, if you're not paying attention, like, you just kind of miss the whole thing. And so I was just like, I was paying attention, but I didn't get, like, all the nuances until the very end. And I was like, wait, are you serious? Like, But I I think that's exactly the point. I think it's exactly the point is you're not supposed to catch on. I think you're supposed to – 
I think things in that movie are supposed to catch your eye and you're supposed to be curious about them, but they're not supposed to take up your thoughts. I think that's yeah. what makes the ending so good. I know. So I was just like, honestly, the discussion I had with Mike like after was more intense than the whole movie, but like maybe that was the point. I don't know. So like Ooh, when like I watch what? it again. What did you guys talk about? Well, we were just like, so like, I guess we should say for the listeners, like definitely spoilers <laughs> coming for the next like two minutes. Um, but yeah, just like the whole thing of like, when did he plan to kill him? Like, how far along did he know? Was he like, because we were reading, we're like, oh, he planned to kill him, like the moment that he burned the flowers, right? Like, okay, so that and just like not quite picking up on that. Like, obviously, he was mad, but I couldn't tell like just how much like hate he had. And then just like, I don't know when he pointed to the mountains and he's like, um, what was his name? Like, that cowboy like taught me how to see like the mountains and like what's in the mountain and then like pete was just like yeah i can see it it's a dog it's just like ooh, who's watching who like you know what i mean like it was just like yeah he's so much more like astute than you think and he's like proving that to you like right in that moment like i know exactly what you're doing i can see exactly what you see and then also the just like the gay like overlap of just like they're in their own like world and they both see each other for being gay, but, like, one is still, like, willing to be, like, the predator, like, more. Like, it's just, like, it's so sneaky. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think that's, yeah. I So I didn't realize going into the movie that it was a thriller um, or, like, yeah. a, yeah, like, a, kind of, like, yeah, like, I think that's a category, right? Um, I didn't realize that until the end of the movie, and... <laughs> really and I everything made sense to me in that ending I everybody in our theater was like <gasps> all at once when we all figured it out at once because none of us we, we were all like watching so intensely it was a theater full of actors um because this yeah. is with uh the girl that I know in SAG um so it was a theater full of actors <laughs> and I think for most of us it was our first time seeing it um and then it's just like suddenly the entire movie was like in your head of like every single scene of all this stuff um, that happened that like made sense and didn't make sense in the moment. And it just, yeah, it really made that movie for me. Um, I typically don't like slow burn movies and I don't like movies that really mm -hmm. drag it out like that. But I think mm -hmm. the ending was just so satisfying of being like, oh my God, he's just as psychotic. He's just as crazy, but in his way and, and, and in a protecting way, um, in a way that's like, his mother was the most important thing to him at the end of the day, no matter what. And um, yeah, such good performances. So beautifully scenic. Um, I love the fact mm. that it was filmed in New Zealand, even though it was meant to be like Wyoming or something. Um, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that was cool. Yeah. I also good thought movie. there was like some was symbolism with like the rope. I don't know. It's like he was making a rope like for his friend. Like, it. I don't know this if there's like symbolism there, but it just seemed like he was making like a oh, special absolutely. gift for him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were also a lot of really close up shots of him like holding the rope, of him his hands like uh, like kind of moving around as he was creating it. There was a lot of close up shots, and I think for that, I think for that reason, just to create tension and just to create like um, curiosity of what what it was going on deeper than what you can see with your eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And for a while there, I thought that um, 
Phil was going to kill Pete because I was like, oh, he's making a rope. Like, are we going to see some kind of like brutal murder? And then it just like totally was the opposite of what I expected. And I was just like, oh, my God. So good. (laughs) How wild. Yeah. 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 The ending was fantastic. It is a very slow burn, though. And I'm like, I'm still a little sick. And I was just like, oh, wait, what? (laughs) Like for some of it. So I'd recommend seeing it when you're like fully aware and alert and feeling good. But good movie for sure. Yeah. Also, for me, being in a theater was probably the most important because I don't think I would have been able to sit through that on a couch knowing it was a slow burn. Um, I just got distracted too easily. So it was important for me to see it in a theater. Um, But yeah, the uh, director also won Best best Director, Jane Campion. I can totally see that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, Another movie I want to see is Coda. Have you seen Coda? You did. (gasps) I also, okay, I also got to go to a screening of that one and I got to meet the entire cast, which was so crazy. Um, And and out of all of the screenings I went to, the security on that one was so minimal. Like we're talking like you're rubbing shoulders with the actors. Like they're literally right next to you. Like you're like, oh, excuse me. That's going this way. Hi. Oh, you're so nice. Um, Yeah. So which is which is especially cool because it won Best Picture. um, It won Best Supporting Actor. Um, and then it went something else. Um, but I was really excited because, you know, I went into it. I still have some feelings about it that maybe make me feel like it's a little bit ableist. Mm. But I can't I can't really speak for that because I I'm not deaf. Um, and I know that this was a big win for the deaf community. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there were some things that kind of felt a little like. Um, tugging at the heartstrings for the non-deaf, you know what I mean? Like making making it feel like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. So it's like there, it's there are like certain types of- It's just like trying too hard to grab your of, attention. I think making you feel bad for deaf people or just like making you, mm. making like hearing people feel something for deaf people, you know? Mm. So it just, it, it gives me some questionable feelings. Um, I, I guess like it was, it was written by somebody of hearing- um, and it was adapted from a French movie. Um, and the French movie was entirely created by people of hearing. Um, hmm. So I guess that's that's where, like, kind of my hesitation of that movie comes in. But at the same time, like, hearing the acceptance speech, meeting the cast. Um, I know that the cast, um, like, Marley um, and then uh, oh, what's his name? The guy who won... Um, the, the guy who played the dad yeah. who won uh, Best Supporting Actor, um, they were both like, when we heard that this film was being made, like, we really wanted to be on board. And I know that the director was really adamant about making sure that the dad was uh, an actual deaf person. Um, so Troy I know Kotzer? that they went... Yes. Is yes. that the actor's so name? I... It is, yeah. Um, so I know that they were really pushing to make sure that he was cast because they were trying to cast somebody who... Uh, uh, had hearing so um, so there are some like definitely awesome parts of that like if they didn't cast him he would have never won and it's like a big heartwarming moment but I also I just feel like it just feels like it's it's like uh, what do they call it um, I don't know there's like a word that di- the disabled community uses where it's like it's kind of like um, like happy porn for for non-disabled people yeah. It, yeah, yeah, just it, to, like make it's not sort of like giving you a window. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's like giving you a window into the life, but you're not actually experiencing it. So watching it somehow makes you feel like you've done something good, but really all you're doing is like one little drop in the bucket. That's not one yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So uh, so the, those are just like some subtle feelings that I have. And I've seen some other people in the deaf community like vocalize those things and kind of have those similar like responses. So um, at the end of the day, I... I am not deaf so I can't really speak for them but it's just kind of like a feeling that sits in the back of my mind when I watch the movie of just like it feels a little like we're just trying to make ourselves feel better for not being deaf but um overall I understand why it won best picture it did make me cry it was a beautiful movie <laughs> there's some amazing acting in it the dialogue is fantastic like I really have very few complaints about that movie I understand why it won but it's just like a subtle criticism that I have in the back of my mind. Maybe it will be the first you step absolutely to absolutely see it though. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. Maybe it will be the first step to like um seeing more of these things written by deaf screenwriters like in the public eye, you know? Like maybe it's a first step kind of thing yeah, where it's like I, good try, excellent movie, but like let's keep pushing. Yes, I agree with that. And I think the director also was saying the same thing. Um, I think that um, because she pushed so hard to make sure that the actual actors were deaf, um, I think that opened the minds up of these uh, studio professionals that are that hold the money, that have the, the way to fund the projects and whatnot. So um, hearing her story and hearing how complicated it was just to get <laughs> a deaf actor to play a deaf role like hearing how hard that was i i can understand why like maybe the rest of the world is not ready for a movie that's written by a deaf person um which is really sad but um uh, you're you're right one step at a time for our little society that can time. take very little change yeah mm -hmm. you should you should see it. Oh. you'll love it you'll cry it's great tugs of the heartstrings awesome acting great comedy it's definitely worth it Cool. So how was the rest of your week? Oh my, what was my week like? Um, it was up and down. Um, we got George's ashes in um, like towards the end of the week. And, you know, I've been feeling kind of back and forth, like really sad, really missing him. And then just feeling kind of like at peace with the, that he's gone. So kind of like flipping back and forth. But when I got the ashes, I was like breaking down. I was like, oh my God, like my cat. Um, but I was really also very happy to get them because I felt like like my boy was back. Like it felt really hard for us to like, you know, bring him into the hospital, ask him to be cremated and then not see him for weeks or at least like not have his physical body, you know, um, and the house just felt really empty without him. So um, now that we have his ashes, it does feel like like he's back. He's where he belongs, like he's with his family. Um, so that makes me feel better. Um, it, it does bring me some comfort, but, um, I was very, very, very sad for a couple of days, um, yeah, just missing awful. him because he's such, such a, he was a such hard, a sweet boy. Yeah. Such a hard experience. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm, I'm like, like really, really happy to have his, his ashes and have something like physical from him. Um, cause I think it would have been more difficult for me to just like have said goodbye and then just like never have him again. Um, so yeah, I just like I feel his I feel his presence, I feel his spirit, I feel his love. Um so that was kind of like the bad part. Um yeah. the good part, um 
I got some reading done. Um, I told you last week that I was like trying to trying to keep reading, but like my brain wouldn't let me. Um, so I got some reading done. I got like a good 50 pages down this week, which feels pretty, pretty good. Um, wow. So learning more about autism, <laughs> learning about the terrible history of eugenics. Um, I know about that. That's kind of the book. If you oh, ever want to talk you. about that. Yeah, we that's like a full on like unit in our first year. <laughs> like we have to wow. know about like the horrifying history of our past. Yeah. Genetics has a terrible yeah. underside. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah, have to learn about honestly, everything. the entire time, yeah, the entire time I was reading a lot about this, like the genetic stuff, um, and just kind of like the history of it. Um, the whole time I was like, "Ooh, I wonder what Ashley thinks." Ooh, I wonder what Ashley thinks. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent down to have a conversation about that. I think it's quite fascinating, um, and yeah, absolutely horrifying. Like the fact that left-handed people were considered like genetically inferior, <laughs> which I find so <laughs> funny because because. Uh, four out of the six of my family are left-handed and my mom always joked. So my older brother and I are both right-handed, but the rest of my family is left-handed. So my mom always used to joke like, oh, I only dropped you and your brother on your head because you're supposed to be left-handed. That's what she would always joke, right? She's like, you're supposed to be left-handed. <laughs> oh you turned God. out right-handed. And then, and I'm like reading this and I'm like, mother, imagine if you were born in the 1900s. Try saying that. Would it work? You'd be, um, you'd be the only non-devil children. With your right hand. Yeah, yeah, we'd be we'd be the saviors, I know, which is so funny. Um Yeah. Yeah. So um definitely kind of like thinking about genetics, um, thinking about autism, as I always have been for the past like two months. Um Yeah. I don't I don't know if I really did anything like special this week. I'm like, did I go somewhere? Nestor had a weekend off for the first time in <laughs> months and months and months so we did literally nothing he played video games <laughs> i read we laid on the bed all day and just oh, chilled so nice. i don't think either of us have ever gotten time to do that probably since the beginning of quarantine um because he's been working nonstop. i'm working nonstop, and he never has weekends and we never ever ever do nothing when we have time together we're always like let's go do something let's go somewhere and then we're always exhausted by like 2 p.m so we were like let's just not do anything and just hang out with each other which was so nice That's and so, so nice. needed. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> Are you going to do yeah, that the rest of today it's too? it's great. You should try. You should try it, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Just relax. Um, I can't do that. Um, no, uh, today I have to get, get my shit in order again. I have to do the laundry. It's my Sunday, right? So do the laundry, clean the house, all of that like responsibility stuff. Um, so there's like four or five new bars and restaurants that just opened by us, um, a ton of new places. So we're going to go try that out today. I'm going to go see what's up, um, get a little cool. bit of time outside. Cause I don't think I've been outside in a week. <laughs> um, yeah. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you have a real excuse. Mine is just like, no, I probably wouldn't have gone outside. It's been so cloudy. It has. Yeah, there's yeah. If there's no sunshine, there's no purpose to being outside. That's just my conclusion. <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fun. That's yeah. awesome. You have to let me know how it yeah, goes. Yeah, so so yeah. 
I will. And uh, you guys have to come out this way so we can go check some of these out, too. Um, some of them are probably better for, like, you and me and not the boys. Because I think some of these places, Nestor's like, mm, they just look okay. You know? He's like, like what? they just like, look all Do you know any right. of them? fine. <laughs> so picky. Yeah, there's this What's, place what? that just, he is so picky. But I love it because I anything that he recommends, I trust with 100% of myself. Like... I, totally. I do not hesitate with his recommendations. He's always right every single time. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I also like aesthetics and I like to be in pretty places. Me too. Uh, so the place do you know that, any of the names? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. One of them is called Katin. C, uh, I'm sorry. K-A apostrophe T-E-E-N. Um, and it's like a Peruvian. No, Peruvian? I don't remember. Um, Yucatan. You'll see it when you when it pops up. Oh yeah, you could tell. Yes. Um it's so pretty, right? It's so aesthetic, but the reviews are kind of so like pretty. it's meh. It's okay. <laughs> but it looks really pretty. What and do you it's mean? very like, close to where that. I live. Like... So gorgeous, right? It literally looks like paradise yeah. in Hollywood. It does. That's it's insane. so close. It's so close to here. <laughs> so we have reservations for that place, but I think Nestor's like, cancel them. It just doesn't look good. Um, <laughs> so maybe you'll have to make a trip out here and you can come with me and you and I can go. <laughs> Honestly, I think I can. Um, let me just see. Tuesday. Um, yeah, I think I might actually be able to do that. That'd be awesome Yay. too. We haven't done anything yeah. like, you know, just know. like for fun. <laughs> we it just also, say like it work screams, podcasts. it screams coconut grove aesthetic as well. Um, even though like we're not we don't lean into like Latin America's aesthetic, but I think the palm trees, the drinks, yeah, it all looks so good. So pretty. Yeah. I think we should do it. Let me get back to you because this looks like exactly like what I want. So if your boyfriend right? won't take you on a date, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Uh so cute. Fun. talk about plastic surgery um yeah so i don't know if you did any uh stats or anything but that's all i did um okay you should give us stats because i did not let's start with some stats yeah because i was like okay let's go through like some of the these really like interesting uh points um okay so i kind of want to make you guess um how many people a year in the united states do you think uh, get a cosmetic procedure. Okay, wait. So how many I, people I guess I'll are in the it. United States? <laughs> Good question. I don't know how many Alexa, people are in the United States. How many people are in the United States? According to the 2020 U.S. Census, the population of the United States is 331 million people, which is a 7.1% increase over the 2010 U.S. Census. The more you know. 331 million? Yeah. Well, would we say maybe 10%? So 31 million people a year getting plastic surgery? That's a bit too high. Dang it. Do you want me to just tell you? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So it says uh, roughly 15 million people. 
And okay, so 13 it's million. percent <laughs> Yes. Wow, so it's still high. So 13 million of those are minimally invasive procedures. So hmm. things like probably like Botox and lip filler, which are pretty mi- minimally invasive. And how many of those people live in L.A.? <laughs> Well, here comes my next question. What do you think is the top city for plastic surgery per capita? Hands down, it's got to be LA because I was reading about that and they were like, there's more plastic surgeons per capita in LA than there is in New York. And I was like, what? Yeah, but do you know Do you know what specific area of LA? Beverly Hills. Ding, ding, ding. You are right. Beverly Hills is the uh, top city with the most plastic surgery per capita. Um, There are at least 72 cosmetic surgeons within a six-mile Beverly Hills area. That's insane. That's a lot. Uh, What do you think is the second and third top cities in the United States for plastic surgery? So Beverly Hills being... LA, like that's the city, or yeah, yeah, okay. So, second to that, Miami, you're very close. Give me your other, give me your other guess. <sighs> okay, I think it's like Miami, and then it's got to be like it's got to be New York. New York has got to be in there somewhere. You are so close. So, Miami is the third top city for plastic surgery the second one is san francisco which would surprise you that's super shocking because i figured that was all like tech bros (laughs) what are they getting done well and they're also probably getting botox those tech bros probably also love botox as much as the next guy or gal there that's true there's probably a lot of yeah brow furrowing going on yeah and then, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet Miami is, like, BBL all the way. <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, okay, so um, so those are just some of, like, the, the key statistics um, that I think are kind of interesting. Um, but how about the most common types of plastic surgery procedures? Um, so I'll just read these to you because I'm not going to guess. make mm. you guess the top 10. <laughs> Um, so the top 10 most common plastic surgery procedures are liposuction, breast augmentation, um, eyelid reshaping surgery, which is called blepharoplasty. I probably butchered that. Oh, no, that's Um, right. The next is, uh, the tummy tuck, abdominoplasty, breast reduction, uh, as opposed to breast augmentation, rhinoplasty or the nose job, uh, the facelift, the breast lift, the forehead lift, and finally, there's this procedure um, called gynecomastia. I don't know. I probably butchered butchered that as well. That, which is essentially like... uh, a surgery. Did I get okay. it right? <laughs> you did. Okay. Yeah. So it's a surgery that reduces an excessive amount of male breast tissue and fat. Um, So I didn't know that. Very interesting. Yeah. So that's like the listicle um, research that I did (laughs) to introduce you (laughs) to plastic surgery. That's so wild. Yeah. I feel like we're always shown like the most insane or like 
honestly, like my experience has been like watching shows like Botched or like, you know, what is that one? The Swan, like where there's these women who they come in and they're like, I'm so hideous and I couldn't, I couldn't have a family because I'm so hideous. I'm like, you look normal and it's kind of hard to watch. And then they get this work done, but then they are really gorgeous and they're so happy and you just can't help but feel like good for them. But it's just like, it's it has so many emotions in it. I'm like, oh. So that's like my history with plastic surgery is just these like super intense transformations on these shows. And like, that's not how it always is, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely have a complicated relationship with the concept of plastic surgery. There's like always a side of like, well, you're perfect. You You don't need to change. Like just accept who you are. And then there's the other side of the coin where it's like, well, this will help me accept who I am and it's okay if I need to change something because I it's my body and I get to do it. So there's always like that yeah. internal conflict um, in myself uh, and in others. When I see other people going to, for plastic surgery, I'm like, oh, you're perfect. You don't need to change anything. Uh, but I'm not them and I'm not their mind. So I don't know what they think and how they feel. Um, so I guess at the end exactly. of the day, my stance on plastic surgery is do what the fuck you want. Who cares? I agree. It's your body. And if that helps you like in your journey to self-acceptance, if that makes you feel good, if that's how you define yourself, like power to you, I hope it goes well. And I hope you like the outcome. That's my wish for you. Absolutely. And like my background too, has been like mostly in seeing like kids with like birth defects and like getting plastic surgery for like medical reasons. So like I have a mixed relationship with it too. It's like, some of it is very serious and some of it is very necessary and some of it's more for like beauty and some of it's more for like reshaping your whole entire figure. So yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings. Yeah. I I want to say that the origin for plastic surgery was not cosmetic at first. You know, I, I probably, probably should have added this lip. to my research. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably for like cleft lip and cleft palate. You know, you see all those like ads online, like or not ads, like the TV, like the commercials where they're like, oh, support a dollar a day and like kids in whatever country can have cleft palate surgery. And it's just like, yeah, I feel like that's probably early stuff. Um, You know, people in accidents, I think it probably stems a lot from like people who have yeah, undergone generally. a lot of burns, burning. I want to uh, say it, it did happen from a war. I, I, I don't want to make this up, so I'm going to Google it. Yeah, facial injuries from the First World War, which were primarily, I'm yeah, assuming, that makes burn. sense. Burns, disfigurations, yeah, skin grafting. Yeah, just, yeah, mm-hmm, that makes sense. Um, yeah, that's what I what I knew to the origin to be. So it, it doesn't always, it doesn't have like a history of just being like boob jobs and brow lifts and stuff that, that came eventually as uh, beauty standards changed um and yeah the standard of plastic surgery will change as beauty standards change as smaller boobs are more desirable people will increasingly get um breast reductions and vice versa totally yeah and i think as like the quality of medicine has improved like the more can be done with like less people noticing and i think more people are like jumping on that bandwagon too it's like little tweaks are so desirable rather than just like huge changes yeah. i think that's how we we're getting like more of society involved yeah like those like minimally invasive surgeries you can get like the um 
like the non-invasive nose jobs now, which is just um, uh, injections around your nose to reshape it. Um, it's not permanent, but you don't have to go under the knife. Um, I, I have friends who've done that um, and who've done like like fillers in their faces to change their face shape. It's so minimal. It takes 15 minutes at most um, and you can walk out and not not be wrapped in like cloth and bruised everywhere like it's it's fairly easy to get now and um you also have the questionable um uh like uh multi-needle injections i don't know what they're called but it's like a pen now anybody can Mm. order these um which is really dangerous so you obviously have like the dangerous side of the accessibility of it Uh, but there are these pens that you can literally push into your lip to give yourself lip injections um, and it like needles your lips a bunch of times, but it's incredibly damaging long term because it's not a permanent real solution. Um, so you'll you'll see these, um, uh, I guess, companies pops up or different types of procedures pop up because it's they're constantly reinventing the wheel in plastic surgery. Um, but when these new things pop up, be cautious about them, I think, at first. Um, but curious i think curiosity is fine but do do your reading um i know that there was like the trend of getting a blood facials done where you, you like i guess like put a bunch of like marks around your face so your face would bleed and then you would use the blood to kind of like rejuvenate your face and people were getting these procedures done and it was causing permanent damage to their faces because they were getting them done by people who didn't know what they were doing or they were getting them done by products that are not supposed to be actually used for it. So um, there is always a little bit of shadiness in the plastic surgery world. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's the same as me. Like, I want people to do whatever makes them feel good, but definitely with accessibility, it can be scary if you are right on the fence to being able to afford something like definitely there is still limitations with like that financial limitation like definitely opt for the safer like more well-known option it's gonna be something that lasts right so yeah plastic surgery is one of those things it's like you get what you pay for like if you're going for the cheap option you're probably getting somebody who's less skilled or or is probably uh yeah, it's going to be a lot easier for you to end up on botched if you're trying to save a pe- trying to save a penny on your procedure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like whatever you're getting injected into your face, like or your butt or your boobs, like just make sure it should live in your body. Because I hate watching those stories about like, oh my breast implants were infected or like they were toxic and they had to be removed. I'm like, oh my god, like no. Now like, that's so now scary. here's something. Yeah, absolutely. Now, here's something that I want to check both of ourselves on um, is, uh, I guess there's a little bit of ableism in kind of what we're saying um, and privilege because I I also have to think of the trans community. um, And there are a lot of trans people who uh, need or require uh, augmentations of whatever kind. Um, They require plastic surgery. Um, to feel socially acceptable, to be socially accepted. They might live in an area in which it's it, it full on is a requirement for them to transition. Um, yeah, so I just I just want to kind of note that it's like 
no matter where you are in the world, plastic surgery is a privilege. Um, and there are people that require it or people that um, kind of need it for their livelihood, um, for them to continue on living like a good life without harassment, well, without um, anything like that. I think when it comes to the trans community, I like I feel that there should be like programs or government support where there are subsidies or full coverage for that. It's like that is part of healthcare. That is putting someone back in the body that they want to be in. I just, and they deserve nothing but the highest quality products. Like there is no doubt. I think that, I think most people would agree with that, but um, yeah, that's definitely a hot topic. And that pisses me off when people like think that trans individuals don't like deserve it or that it's a choice or that it's a privilege it's like n- no that's like baseline health care someone is asking yeah no you're like, absolutely right but like body. we also still live in a country where women still have to pay for their feminine products so realistically it's, yeah, it's true we're kind of far away from that um yeah we're kind of far away yeah, from that. yeah it's reality. an ideal world um totally absolutely yeah, i agree with yeah. you 100 percent um it, it also reminds me of a TikTok that I saw um, where this trans woman was getting harassed uh, about her lips. People were commenting, oh, your lips are so bad. Your lips are awful. Like, I can't believe you would let anybody see your lips. Things like that. Uh, and, and they commented and she was like, yeah, so I got, yeah, I absolutely got a botched procedure. But I got it when I had just transitioned and it was like life or death for me. Like, I I needed to transition um, and this was my only option and yeah, it, it was really fucked up and yeah, my lips are botched but I'm now speaking up for other trans people so that they don't have to uh, get botched procedures like me. Uh, so they can get, um, yeah. So I know. that was just something That's on my exactly mind. Right. I wanted to plug that into this conversation. I just want to make sure that um, yeah, I, I podcast is always about seeing from all angles so I'm just always trying to view from all angles. You're totally right. It's it's definitely, unfortunately, still an area where those with privilege get the better quality products, and they're not always the ones who deserve it the most, um, as is with so many systems in both Canada and the U.S. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely think it's a worldwide problem um, in the trans community. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think anybody who's trans in any country is probably going through something very similar, uh, emotionally at least, yeah. of like the desire or the need or the requirement of plastic surgery, but without the accessibility of it. Yeah, I know. And I don't even know if it's something that could be covered by insurance. Like if you think about, say, a kid coming with a cleft lip, like if it's a baby, like that's probably going to be covered by insurance because the baby can't feed properly, right? If you think about like a, a trans person coming, whatever age they're at, like, they're looking for security and safety in their own body and in their own community. I mean, I don't see how you could make any different kind of case for that. You would, I hope that one day that becomes on the essential like medical list, you know, and it is yeah. covered, but we have I a long agree road with to you. go on. Yeah. 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 No, I fully agree with you. Um, that'd definitely be something I uh, would like to be on board with. If, if there's, um, I guess, like audience, if you're listening and you have some resources for these things um, that we aren't able to find ourselves or we don't find ourselves, like, please share them with us, share them with our community. Um, yeah, we, we would love to make um, these things more accessible for the people who need them. 
Absolutely. Anyways, um, so yeah, Ashley, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, you were telling me you have some procedures you're curious about that you would like to do for yourself. Like, what are you thinking about plastic surgery um, for your own life? Well, you're a bit more experienced than me, but I have a couple of things on my list that I think I would benefit from. Um, <laughs> number one is like this this wrinkle, right? Oh, I can never get it. I always do a weird face, but there's definitely a wrinkle right across the top of my forehead. And I was thinking about maybe getting a little bit of filler for that. Um, I don't know if it's filler or Botox that I would need. I'd have to get probably like an assessment, but it, maybe wrinkle? it's both. Yeah, I would say the wrinkle is probably Botox because it relaxes the muscle that creates the wrinkle. Because um, it's usually when you lift your forehead up, right? Yeah. Is that when you're seeing the wrinkle? Yeah. That would most likely be Botox. Um, I don't know if I've actually heard of a forehead filler. Is that a thing? It probably is. I don't know. Because like when I look in the mirror, like it's there's still a fold. Like even when I'm not, it's like it's mm. it's like it's been folded one too many times. <laughs> So I think Botox fixes that because Botox is supposed to smooth it out. And that's what they told mm. me when I was like, oh, like, you know, they were like frown for me, lift your lift your eyebrows up. They were like, yeah, you just need Botox here, here and here. That's it. Mm. I was like, OK, that works. Yeah. So it seems like it's just Botox then for just like that one. That one wrinkle. I, I do feel like I'm getting a bit of like the jowls, but I don't know what to do. Like, I think when I like lost weight, it it just got a little more saggy because I was like more of a little chipmunk before um but that's also aging so I'm not sure about that one but the other one I'm really curious about is um like skin resurfacing so there's like three ways that I know you can do this and there's uh the first is called laser resurfacing and that's just like where they use like really brief like super intense laser pulsing um across your skin and it's supposed to stimulate the collagen regrowth, which I guess gives you like a brighter, more youthful, like bouncy look to your skin, which sounds really good. I don't know if it's exactly what I need. So I'm comparing that to microneedling and microdermabrasion. And microneedling is more like when you just, I guess you just like jab like a bunch of needles across your face. Like I've seen it on TV, like um, I think Nurse Jamie in Santa Monica is actually really well known for that procedure. And it does kind of the same thing. It's supposed to get collagen and elastin like stimulation to make your skin look younger. Um, but I, I don't know if it's like, it's probably more painful to go through, but I don't know if it's better. I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, but the one that might work best for me is actually microdermabrasion, which is supposed to fix not only the like wrinkles, and like the bounciness of your skin, but also like the dark spots, the aging, like the sun damage, which I feel like that's what I'm sort of starting to see. Like I had acne, like definitely along here, like on my jaw, on my cheeks, like I definitely have like a lot of dark spots there. So if I can get like the bouncier skin, like the slightly reduced fine lines and like the dark spots, like corrected a little bit, I think that could be a really good look from just like a not super invasive procedure. So that would be like microdermabrasion. Yeah, or I even feel like I, I know that laser does that as well. Um, I mm. I think that I see more laser facial procedures than anything else. 
Um, I don't see very much. I do see, I have seen microneedling, but I think that's what I was talking about earlier, where people are are getting a lot of really bad procedures with microneedling um, and they're causing permanent skin damage. So I would hesitate on that one. Um, I don't see a lot of microdermabrasion, but I know that there are over-the-counter microdermabrasion products that you can get, um, which uh, microdermabrasion is essentially like, like zoomed in exfoliation. Um, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's like exfoliation on another level. Um, so although they would recommend you do that at like a dermatologist, like you're saying, or like a, or surgeon, something like that, um, there was actually a facial product that I used for a long time. I have very sensitive skin, but it was a microdermabrasion product and I would use it every week, maybe two weeks. And that was Mm. an awesome face product. I can at least find that for you. Maybe you'll like it just for the the exfoliation, the glow kind of effect just for like regular routine, like in your bathroom. Um, I can send that to you, but I yeah, feel please. like, I feel like laser resurfacing might do more of what you're looking for with like the bounciness of the skin, but also kind of like the texture and the dark spots. I know that laser does that. Um, okay. Treats that. Yeah. Um, that That's exactly right. Like maybe I should go for laser. I was thinking that might be the best and also like the least like uh, physically abrasive, you know, where the yeah, healing time go- is so long. Yeah, exactly. I think you can just like walk out of those ones. Your face will be like red and tender, but I don't it's not going to be anything like the other ones. Um, and yeah, I, I just see that one more often. So I, I guess I would just assume it's probably like the most recommended or the works the best. I don't know. Curious about that. Well, I'll definitely but let you know. Whichever one you decide, yeah, let me know. I'll go with you if you need a buddy. I do. Um, <laughs> do you know where you would want to go? Have you been looking for places? Yeah. Um, there's a place called Skid Laundry in Santa Monica, and it looks so nice. And I was like, that's where I want to go. <laughs> like, it looks so good. Um, yeah, skin. I think I actually looked at them, too, when I was Did looking you? for Botox. Yeah, they so, look, yeah. like, so just, like, fresh and, like, it's kind of like a spa it just yeah. looks like a really trustworthy service and oh yeah and laser is yeah. their thing yeah that makes sense laser is their thing oh i yeah, 100% so. have been targeted by these people on instagram yeah look they're they're the m- main concerns that they work with are acne and hy- hyperpigmentation and they have like a before and after right on the front page yeah that's like yeah that's what i've seen too there's literally like a billboard like right outside her house on that main street with this i'm like okay yeah i think i'll try it (laughs) so nice that'll be really Mm -hmm. fun that's exciting yeah 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 and i also thought about potentially getting lip filler but i'm a little bit hesitant on that um and i'll just say why i i feel like i have a very very strong cupid's bow like that's the shape Mm -hmm. for those who are listening with like the little divot in the middle and I don't know, Mike's always like, if you try lip filler, like it could look really good on you. And then I've seen people with like before and after who have the same upper lip shape, which is like that very strong Cupid's bow. And sometimes I just feel like, actually most of the time, I feel like that lip filler looks very odd. Like it ends up pulling up like the sides, which can be nice. But with the Cupid's bow, it just looks kind of weird because the lip shape that I already have is so defined that it would just be so shocking. Do you know what I mean? 
like just the sides. Like if I got more here, it would just be like really pointy. And if I got more here, it'd be a different shape on my face. Yeah, that would 100% depend on the person that you're you're working with um so i've mm-hmm. gotten lip filler done before um and i liked it um it's just painful and it's <laughs> expensive so those are the only reasons why i haven't gotten it done again um but i did like the results um the thing is um where they place the actual injections will change the shape and they can literally yeah. like once they inject it onto your lips what they'll do is they'll take their thumb and they'll like move the liquid around in your lips basically to form the shape that it's supposed to be uh which sounds really weird um but you'll essentially like feel the buildup of the product if it's not like if it's not massaged into the right place so basically um if you go to somebody who knows what they're doing and who specifically worked with lips like yours you can tell them exactly where you want the filler to concentrate at. You can be like, I want it to be like, I just tell them the concerns. Like, I don't want it to be too much on the sides of the lip and I don't want it to be too much in the middle. I want it to be really even. And then start out with like, you don't have to do like a full syringe. You don't have to, I don't I don't remember how they call these. They're not units like in Botox, but um, there's some sort of measurement. I think it's like by syringe or something like that. Um, but you don't have to do full full syringe you can do a half um and um just really build it up slowly over time i think the misconception of lip injections is people think that you can go from kylie jenner before and after after one session and that's just not true um somebody like her has gotten three to four um full syringes of lip filler um and typically you don't do that all at once you typically break that down over a couple of a uh, couple of weeks to give your lips healing time uh, but also so you don't like damage the shape of your lip so um you could really start small do a little bit um see how it places on your lip and uh if you don't like it then it will literally dissolve out of your body you don't have to keep it um you can have it dissolved you can go to the doctor and have them remove it those are totally possible options um so yeah, if there's any sort of like concern there, if you do want it, but you're nervous about it, um, there are some ways to make you feel less nervous. There's also the Botox lip flip, which I'm curious about for myself, yeah. um, which I have a lot of friends who have done. Um, Avery, who was on our podcast for the NFT episode, she got, she's gotten lip flips. She swears by them. Um, so you have to do them more frequently. They're not as permanent as lip injections are. Um, you have to do them every six weeks to eight weeks, I believe, instead of every six months to year. Um, and essentially, it just like relaxes the muscles around your lips. So for people who smile and they have a very gummy smile or people who smile and their lip disappears, like all the concerns of which you would want to fix with um, filler, you can flip fix with a lip flip. Hmm. So just kind of Is it cheaper or is it more expensive? Much, much cheaper. It's like $100 oh, wow. at most. It's very cheap. Um, so, I mean, in theory, it, it would be about the same cost as lip filler, but you're just breaking it out over weeks and different like pay periods. Hmm. Do you know how much lip filler cost you when you went? Yeah, I got a deal on it. Um, so for one vial, it was, I want to say $700. And yeah. that was with the deal. And how long does that last? It lasted me about six months for my first time. So pretty good. I, or even longer, maybe like seven to eight months. 
but I would say anywhere between like six and eight months is how much it lasted. Um, and it did not change my face to where you could be like, wow, you got lip filler done. They just were more, the shape was more defined in the way that I want it to be. Um, and it like my lips didn't sit so flat to my face. Cause I feel like that was my issue is like when you look at my profile, my lips kind of disappear on my profile and I, I wanted to look like I actually had lips there. So that's why I got filler in the first place. Um, I would do it again, I think. Um, but I would only do it again if I can be like, yes, six months from now I can drop another $700, $800. Um, cause that's my issue is it's like, yeah, I can drop this money once, but then it's going to take me a while to like get it back again and want to spend it again. Yeah, I think that's always the issue with any of these beauty things. It's just, it's a big cycle. Upkeep. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you recently got Botox. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about like your process to deciding that you wanted that and like maybe how you decided like what look you wanted? Because like, I'm really curious, like how do you decide what you're going for? Yeah. Um, so I, I realized I wanted Botox after, I guess, watching a lot of people that I know get it around my age, around this age range is like mid to late 20s. Um, so I was like, OK, I think this is like the time in which I can start getting Botox. I never really thought about it any years prior. Like I, I've always been like, yeah, I'll get Botox eventually. But it wasn't something that was like priority for me. Um, and then I just kept watching people that I liked, like uh, influencers or just people on Instagram, people on TikTok who'd gotten it done. And their face just looked so fresh. And I'm like, I want that. I want my face to look fresh. Um, and then um, so like knowing I wanted Botox was the first step. And then it was like knowing where to get it was the second. So that's kind of where I was like, OK, I want a lip flip, but I don't know if I want it right now. And I want just regular Botox. So my skin is great. So um, I kind of left that up for the consultation. I was like, I'm going to figure out how much it costs, how many units they want to do, all of that. Um, and so the next step was finding the, the surgery office that I wanted to go to. I'm very picky. Um, I, I spent weeks kind of looking around for who I wanted to go to. Um, for me, I was uh, looking around for places based on price, price location and um, like the skill of the surgeon. So price for me, it had to be somewhere in a range, like not too low, not too high. Uh, if it was too low, I couldn't trust it. Um, if it was too expensive, uh, I couldn't afford it. <laughs> so um, so that was the first thing. Location, I wanted it to be no more than like 45 minutes away. Um, just like that's all I was willing to drive for a procedure <laughs> like this. Um, so I ended up finding a place that was only 20 minutes away, which is awesome. Um, so then <clears throat> the last thing was like reviews and like the skill of the surgeon. Uh, so I looked at reviews for like these like three or four places that I found. And anything that had like there is what I noticed a pattern of is there was a lot of people who'd give five stars. And then there would be like a handful of people who gave one to two stars. But those people had such detailed experiences of why that they were upset that I was like, okay, I could see this happening again. So I basically started eliminating by the amount of bad reviews and the amount of people who had the same issues. So I was like, okay, it doesn't matter if you have a 4.2 star, like what's causing you to not have a five star is why I'm not going there. Um, so eventually I narrowed it down to a place um, that, yeah, like I said, was 20 minutes away and they, their reviews are nearly all five stars. And then I found out that they work with the life-size Kendall. So I was like, sold. I know you guys are great. 
Um, yeah, so then I called them, booked an appointment, and was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do Botox. So you tell me where it's going to go when I get there. Um, so so I get did there. you, like, um, I was just wondering, like, do you pick, like, the person you're going to work with? Like, did you read specific reviews per person? No, you just knew, like, the overall clinic was good. Yeah, I mean, I did look at specific people. I looked at, like, their Instagram profiles, but they didn't tell me who I was going to be working with. So I was just kind of like... I'm going to see when I get there. Um, so that's when I was like, I don't know if I wanted to do the lip flip right away or if I wanted to start with just like on my forehead. Um, so that decision was definitely left up to like when I go to the consultation, do they do lip flips and like what is their concentration of skill? Um, so uh, I get there. I have the consultation. I realize I'm working with the same woman who does all the procedures for the for the life-size Ken doll. So I'm like, I'm in good hands. I, nothing could go wrong. Um she recommended to just start with the forehead. And so I decided I wanted to do a brow lift um, because when I am at my neutral face, I look like I'm frowning. Um, so my eyebrows are also like kind of heavy. My forehead muscle is pretty heavy. So um, I just, I wanted to kind of like reduce the amount of forehead going into my eyes, just in general, like mad, happy, neutral. I just, I didn't want my forehead to always be in my eyes. Um, <laughs> just bring so that I, up a little, little higher. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I started with the brow lift um, with Botox. So she, um, so that ended up being like, I want to say 10 units. So we did um, like two units on each side on the bottom of the brow and then two units on each side in the middle and then that she finished off with just like right in the middle of the brow she put like another a uh, few injections there um and then she recommended next time to just go straight for the forehead and she said probably another 10 on the forehead and then maybe like another eight um like right in the center because when i frown like that part where my the nose of my the bridge of my nose meets my forehead there's a lot of excess skin there when I frown. So she said like putting another few uh, units there would help. So um, yeah, I know I know what my game plan is now. So next time I go, going to do the forehead. Um, and then after that, I'll probably do the center of the brow. And then I'll probably finish with doing the lip flip and then just kind of like keep the lip flip um, every few weeks. And then every few months, I would go back for the actual forehead. So what is the forehead going to do? Basically just prevent wrinkles and fine lines when you have any sort of expression involving your forehead? Uh, yeah, so it's definitely going to take the the wrinkle, but also um, like you can even see right now, like I have ability to move my forehead pretty easily. Um, and I, I have a lot of muscles in my forehead. Um, so she said that the muscle in my forehead is very, very, very strong. And because of that, it weighs down um, like it weighs down underneath my face, basically. So the reason why my <laughs> brow is falling into my eyes is because my muscle is very strong. So, um, yeah, so basically it would it it just numbs the muscle, essentially, or just relaxes the muscle. Um, so like it's not that I couldn't couldn't move my face afterwards. It's that it would look like this where it's just kind of flat. And it's not that I couldn't move my brows or express myself, but it's like the forehead itself just stays flat. So since you started with the eyebrows, basically you just brought them up a little bit. But if you ended up doing the forehead too, it would be more of like 
a little higher and more control because the forehead exactly. is relaxed, not just the eyebrows. Yeah, that right? so that's that's why she recommended going for the forehead next because it's just going to enhance uh, the look of the brow lift that we did. Uh, it's going Got to it. relax the muscle even more so that my brows just continue to just like stay up uh, above my eyes. So it looks like I, I just have a bit more of a happier neutral expression. So I'm really interested to know, like you talked a lot about um, in one of our episodes, like when we just got into this briefly, like you talked a lot about your lip filler being extremely painful. Um, So compared to that, like what was the procedure of having a bunch of needles like close to your eyes? Was it painful? Was it tolerable? Like what was that like? It was it was not painful. Um, It was not painful at all. It felt like I would say like the most extreme pain that I could related to is like you know when you get like a pimple on your eyebrow like a tiny pimple and it like just touching it hurts but especially like when you pop it it like I don't I mean I don't know if you pop your pimples on your forehead but (laughs) when you get an eyebrow or get a pimple on your eyebrow it hurts like a bitch um but not very much it's just kind of like a dull annoying pain um so I would describe the the procedure as being like popping a little pimple each time she put something in your brow so it doesn't hurt but it's like there's it's kind of like a very subtle dull pain there um but the opposite of the pimple in which like when you pop a pimple it's gonna hurt for a few minutes it does not hurt once she pulls the needle out and once you're done it doesn't hurt at all it feels a little tender and it looks a little red but i have incredibly sensitive skin anything will make my skin red um so the fact that I was able to leave the like leave the office and like go to a store after, I think, is a testament to say how um, n- unnoticeable it is. So, like, yeah, you could see I was bleeding a tiny bit, but the injection sites are so tiny, and um, yeah, there's like there's no blood when you walk away. It just looks a little red, a little tender for maybe ten minutes, and then it's done. And then, then you got Botox, and you don't have to think about it for another few months. It's so great. I swear by it. <laughs> <laughs> so like you said that when you get the lip filler, they like move it around. If you get the Botox, does it just go and then she doesn't have to move it? Is that how it is? Yeah. So Botox is just like for the muscle itself. Filler, you're putting something inside your body. Um, so it's it's not like they injected something. Like if I put filler in my brow, you would be able to see it versus like the Botox itself is just kind of like something injected to the muscle. So um, it like disperses and treats the muscle. It's not just like building yeah. up. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And how long, like, would you say each injection is? Like, were you, so you had what, eight injections? I did 10 across the forehead, ten. across the brows. Um, and it took less, I would say less than a minute total. Whoa. Or like, I would say up to 60 seconds total. It was so fast. That's she was so like, fast. Zip, zip. zip done here zip 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 done there let's do the center zip zip done like so basically fast even if you are nervous or like have a low pain tolerance like you could get this done in under a minute like you can do anything for a minute right so wow that's so easy i think that's why that's why it's so popular i think because it's it's a fast procedure you can walk away you could do it on your lunch break at work and nobody would ever know like it you could literally put it into your life without 
any sort of recovery time without having to think like I, the entire appointment itself was 30 minutes and 25 of those minutes I was waiting like and that was and that was like inside the room outside the room filling out paperwork like including all of that downtime 30 minutes so the actual time that I was with the doctor was five minutes and that includes the consultation and that includes the injections like it's so fast that's incredible. And I think the point you just made, like you can go back to your office or you can go have your Zoom meeting. Like, I think that's why that like plastic, another reason why plastic surgery and like these minimally invasive procedures are on the rise. Like, okay, we're spending all day staring at ourselves on a screen and we're also able to get it done very quickly with like little, um, like, I don't know, like really small recovery time, like five minutes. And then you can recover at home as well. So I feel like maybe that's why these things are on the rise. Do you think so too? Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I I guess, well, I'm just wondering, like, from a person like me, who's, you know, still worried about what other people think, did you receive any pushback or judgment from your procedure? Like, has anyone said anything to you that wasn't positive? Um, not directly to me. I'm sure there are people that have their own thoughts. And um, I, I, I've not, I'll be honest, I haven't entirely been open about like the procedures that I've gotten done. Botox, I was pretty open about, but even still, I didn't share it on my Instagram that I was getting Botox. I don't think. Um, I, I didn't really tell anybody except for people close to me about the lip injections. Now, <laughs> this definitely comes down to my own personal insecurities of uh, just knowing that the judgment does exist outside of, you know, my personal friend group. So there has been some hesitation. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that just goes back to my own insecurity of, of just being open about it. I'm trying to be more open about it now because even the people who are judgmental about these procedures have gotten them done as well. I want to say pretty much every single like mother figure in my life has gotten plastic surgery. Um, and, I, and I and I don't want to say it in a way that it's like, oh, I, I'm looking up to them. That's why I'm getting plastic surgery because they did. Uh, I, to me, it's actually the opposite of being like, oh, there are people in my life that I admire that despite all things, they have gotten plastic surgery and they're confident about it and they don't care if other people know about it. To me, I admire that kind of like uh, attitude, you know? So my mom didn't get plastic surgery until three or four years ago. Um, I was with her when she did it. And now she's like all in. She's like, I want all sorts of plastic surgery all the time. Um, My mom is also um, kind of exploring the trans identity as well. Um, Her pronouns are still her, they. But um, she's exploring plastic surgery in that avenue as well, which I find really interesting. Um, there are friends that I, um, that I had whose moms had gotten tummy tucks and boob jobs. So I've always kind of been exposed to the idea of everybody gets plastic surgery. What's the big deal? But inside my brain, there's this subtle judgment of like, you should accept yourself. You shouldn't need plastic surgery. You're going to look like everyone else. Like all of those negative, like connotations of plastic surgery ring through my brain. So although, yeah, although I never got it directly, I'm sure that there are people who have those thoughts. Um, And on myself, I just need to be a little bit more open about it by not giving a fuck. So what about you? Would you tell people? Are you telling people? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think I have all those same kind of thoughts. Like, I think in, like, the circle of friends that I have, I think a lot of people would be extremely curious and would support me wholeheartedly, but I know there's definitely several of them who would have very strong feelings against it. And that's fine. It won't work for them, and they'll they'll probably never consider it. Um... But yeah, it's it's hard because I, I think I'd like to try it, but I wouldn't want to like I wouldn't want to be the reason that like some friends who have that opinion like see me differently, you know? Like I wouldn't want those people to think it's more serious than it is. Like I'm not trying to change my appearance. I'm not doing this for like self-esteem. For me, if I go ahead and do it, it's pretty much just because I don't like some subtle signs of aging. Like that bothers me. And yeah. it's an easy You know fix. what's actually you know it's quite interesting. I didn't bring this up in our statistics, but the um um so the concentration of people who get plastic surgery might surprise you. Um so the most common age to get plastic surgery is between 40 and 54. So um I would I would uh, say it's safe to assume people who are getting anti-aging type procedures. Yeah, exactly. And I like from your research, is it better to start a little younger or is it risky to start a little younger? Um I think it depends on the procedure. Um but I do think as a rule of thumb, it's probably better to start earlier. Um now, here's here's the thing. Here's what's dangerous about starting early. You have people who are in their, you know, early teens, I'm sorry, late teens, early 20s who are, you know, maybe more insecure, have more insecurities about their body that eventually they might come to find peace in. And the the dangerous part is you have somebody who's, you know, 19 years old and um, she gets a nose job. Actually, this is this is actually something that happened in the news recently. Bella Hadid came out and said she wished she never got a nose job when she was younger because she thinks that at her age now she would have learned to appreciate her nose. So there's there's that kind of like the dangerous side of getting plastic surgery young is like you have a lot more insecurities. You honestly probably haven't even grown into your face. Um, your face is probably like misshapen in some way because you're still growing into it. Um, I can totally look back on my life from like um, I wanted a nose job for the majority of my life. I still think about it sometimes, but I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, you know what? I, I, I don't hate it as much as I used to. There are other parts of my face that I think I could alter to make it make myself feel more balanced in the ways that I thought that my nose was, you know, kind of offsetting my face. Um, but when I meet people, they're usually not commenting on the size of my nose. It's usually not a thing, right? But when I was younger, that's what I thought people were concentrating on. I thought they were always looking at my nose. I thought it was always too big, things like that. Um, but as I grew older and as I um, learned to accept that part of me and also kind of grew into my face a little bit better, um, I don't have that desire so much anymore. If I ever did anything to my nose, it would be the it would be injections at the most. I don't have a desire to get a nose job. But had I when I was you know eighteen, who knows how I would feel? Um, now there's also Botox, which they recommend you get started earlier. Um, they recommend 
you get started in your mid-20s. And the reason is, is because it actually helps prevent aging in the long term. So you have an invasive procedure like a nose job is not reversible um, and it doesn't necessarily provide benefit later on in your life the ways that we know that Botox can. Now, here's also the, the thing to think about is at the end of the day, you're still putting something in your body that is foreign, that is not natural. Um, so you have to think um, the ways that your body would react the way um, you would find it appropriate to, um, yeah, to do any sort of types of uh, surgeries or procedures. Um, so yeah, I think there's always a little bit, uh, you, you just have to really know <laughs> You have to know within your soul of souls that you want something done. Um, and you have to know you're going to want it 20 years down the line if it's going to be an invasive procedure. Um, otherwise, I don't think there's any harm in doing these procedures in your early 20s. I what think do it's you just think? like getting a, like, yeah, like getting a tattoo too, right? Like there's lots of people who know exactly what they want at 15, 16, like, I don't think it's anyone's place in society to stop you from making that important decision about your body and your appearance. But at the same time, definitely give it a good thought and definitely sit on it because appearance does change over time a little bit. And I think you're right. You grow into certain features that you have. Like I do not look the same that I did at 17 that I do today. And I mean, actually on that note, like because I got Invisalign, which I hope to cover in um, like this part two, my face shape from my Invisalign treatment was so dramatic that it could have been like a plastic surgery. So just be aware of like other things that you're doing because you might not need this, the uh, thing you have in your mind. I don't yeah, know. No, you're so right. That's a, that's a great point. Um, I also think that my lip shape changed after I got lip injections. Um, I think that my lips look different now than they did before I got injections, not in a bad way. Um, but it's it's a, a difference that I noticed that I was like, oh, I, I didn't realize that there would be some sort of permanent change to my lips um, for something that's only supposed to last a couple months. But there was a permanent change and I'm not mad about it, but it's something to keep in mind. Um, Kind of on the on the flip side of this, though, um, are the people who don't really care if it, if they're looking funky at 80 from all the procedures they did at 20. And I kind of want to call that out a little bit because everybody's different and there are probably some people listening. Um, I've actually listened to some podcasts where they've had uh, discussions of this of like, should you get plastic surgery young? Um, if you know, how are you going to look when you're old? And they're their belief is like, well, I'm here to look hot when I'm 25. I'm not here to look hot when I'm 85. Like, I'm going to look old at 85 no matter what. Like, I'm going to look 85. Like, I'm not trying to look young at 85. I'm trying to look look hot and, and cool now. And um, I think that's a totally fair point of view. Um, so if you are somebody who's like, yeah, I'm going to get like all of these augmentations, all of these procedures, um, and and somebody's trying to tell you, oh, well, what about when you're old? You don't have to listen to that. Like, as long as you acknowledge like, yeah, so what? Like, YOLO, right? <laughs> you only live once. Are you here make for the, a make good this time? A life you want. Yeah, or a long or time. A long time. Yeah. <laughs> and totally. even if you're here for both, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's entirely up to you. Nobody should really have a say in that. Um, as long as you're being safe with your procedures, I don't think there's anything wrong with 
plastic surgery in general. How, however much or however you want to get. Yeah. Yep. Do your research. Go somewhere that is, you know, the best you can get for your budget. Make sure you read the reviews. Make sure that there's like good safety measures in place wherever you are, because obviously that's the most important thing. And yeah, I think on the note of self-esteem and like age, I think there's no right age or wrong age um, in terms of the self-esteem kind of thing, but just know that it's a decision you're making for yourself and do it for yourself. Always do these things for yourself. I think that's the best like rule of thumb whenever it comes to like personal image, but that's my personal rules. Do that thing for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound grim, but like we're not guaranteed that we're going to live to 85 anyways. So (laughs) at at the end of the day, if, if somebody is like, Hey, you got 10 years to live and all you've been wanting in your entire life was plastic surgery, but you've been so worried about, you know, everything else, like it's okay. Like this is really the life you are meant to live for yourself. So, um, yeah, that's what I got to say about that. Well, we've been talking for an hour and 40 minutes now (laughs) about this. (laughs) Yeah, this is so cool. I learned so much and I'm so excited for you. And I can't wait to see that forehead um, Botox because I want to know exactly what that looks like. And I want to see this lip flip because I've never heard of that before. Um, Yeah, we should definitely do if we can get some like before and afters. Um, would be really cool so that people can see kind of like the visuals of what we're talking about. Maybe we can like make sure we have the prices yeah. like for people's reference. Um, yeah, before people are flying down to LA for their best plastic surgery life. And uh, then we can like Oh yeah, you definitely join. don't need to be in LA to <laughs> You definitely don't need to be in LA to get plastic surgery. We no. just have a higher concentration of surgeons <laughs> and surgery here does not mean that it's impossible to get elsewhere. Uh, I got my lip filler done in Portland. Um, I my I think my mom got some procedures. Uh, she got her tummy tuck in Georgia. So like you can go anywhere. Exactly. As long as you got the right doctor. Yeah, exactly. And then we're really hoping to sort of do an extension, sort of a part two of like beauty essentials and talk a bit more about like the kind of associated procedures that aren't totally plastic surgery or Botox. So hopefully we'll get to cover like my Invisalign journey, which is really wild. And I'm going to have to like reach out to my dentist and ask for my before and after because it's pretty unbelievable. And Ooh, um, that's yeah. cool. I'd love to see that. I'm pretty sure I was their most difficult patient for a long time. And I was on like a lot of like their social media and like advertising because oh, wow. I was like, I was a pretty big success, which is hilarious, <laughs> um, which just go to show just how intense it was before. Uh, so yeah, I want to share that. And then just some more like lighter things like my experience with the um, laser facial and um, like our opinions on like, you know, the beauty treatments like eyelashes, nails, things that we recommend that we love and uh, how we do it, where we get it. And like, of course, the most important thing is the cost. So that's like an up and coming uh, beauty essentials part two. And we're thinking about doing some vlogs for that. So you guys can actually see kind of like the visuals on this because we think that'd be a really cool place to bring you along for a visual ride (laughs) yeah ashley and i started out podcasting and we're eventually going to be the best youtubers in the land so watch out for us (laughs) yeah exactly youtubers 
it, we're just taking over every platform very, very slowly, but um, we very will. Very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't go much more slow, but it, it is I'm wide. <laughs> it's It's wide. It's broad and slow. So wait for us to take over that platform um, as slow as a snail, and we will see you there one day. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you enjoyed it, um, got some really cool information, maybe felt entertained, maybe felt um, like this is your favorite podcast ever. And if you if you are feeling that way, I have a great idea for you. Why don't you guys go into the Apple Podcast platform right now if you're not already listening to it. Go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Maybe type something in there like, Katie and Ashley forced me to write this review, but it's okay because it's such a good podcast that I don't even care. Something of that extent is great. Um, leave that there for us to find. Uh, we love uncovering your reviews and reading them so yeah if you guys write us a review um because we force you to we will read it on this podcast no matter what you say but we won't use your name yeah don't worry unless it's something like boba fett 25 if that's your username we're 100 percent gonna call you out on that because that's great (laughs) (laughs) exactly so that is our request for you exactly All right, you guys, we will catch you next week. And uh, in the meantime, stay tuned uh, for some really fun, uh, I guess, interactions on social media. Pop over there, say hi, um, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye.